Hello, this is Terry Hay, Program Area Director at Policy Research Associates. For this podcast, I have the opportunity to connect with some of my fellow Program Area Directors, Chan Neether, Kristen Lupfer, and Lisa Pelletieri, to talk about occupational wellness and how PRA's leadership team works to ensure the well-being of our staff. We're also joined by PRA's President and CEO, Pamela Clark-Robbins, as we dive into this topic. Within the Eight Dimensions of Wellness model, Dr. Peggy Swarbrick and Jay Udoff note that occupational wellness involves participating in activities that provide meaning and purpose, including employment. And today, we're going to chat about how we use our leadership roles to improve the occupational wellness of our staff. For me, occupational wellness means looking forward to getting out of bed and driving to work every morning. It means gaining satisfaction from the work I do, knowing that on some level I'm making a difference. It means enjoying working with my colleagues and being able to learn from them and their experiences. Lisa, how would you characterize occupational wellness from your perspective? So my view is similar to yours, Terry. Occupational wellness means holistic fulfillment at work. And as we all know, work takes up an extraordinary amount of time in our lives. And sometimes we'd rather be attending to other things. But when push comes to shove, being happy showing up every day likely indicates that you are occupationally well. As president of the PRA, it's important for me to consider the work-life balance for all the staff here. I think occupational wellness is mostly about balance, balancing your work with your personal life, and balancing what you do now with where you see yourself in years to come. Well put. Work-life balance is so important. As part of the PRA leadership team, what policies or practices has PRA put in place that you think support occupational wellness of its staff? Kristen, what are your thoughts? PRA offers professional development so that staff can learn new skills, gain new information, make important connections, and present their work. These are great opportunities for growth. For me, occupational wellness means working on projects that I am passionate about for an organization that values my skills and experience and recognizes my contributions. And professional development contributes to this and allows for both progress and recognition. Also, PRA's tuition reimbursement program helps encourage staff to further their education, which will enhance their evolution and effectiveness at work. The annual review process that PRA has adopted is strongly focused on supporting individuals in their growth at PRA and more generally with their career goals. Yeah, I think having opportunities to see the impact of our work in the systems and communities that are touched by the TA training and research that we conduct are a big part of what's offered at PRA and a part of occupational wellness. Even better is when we see the impact of our work at the individual level. Although this doesn't occur frequently, when it does, it's an even bigger reminder of the importance of the work that we do in the lives of people who are marginalized in many ways. Also, working for a company that embodies the values it espouses and the types of opportunities it provides its staff to make a difference in so many ways is very rewarding. Whether it's PRA's Month of Giving, ongoing support for the Fostering Futures family, annual Community Service Day, or any of the many other opportunities PRA supports, being able to support staff and giving back is a very important part of our work. Thanks, Chan and Kristen. I completely agree. I feel that another important aspect of the occupational wellness is feeling that your input matters. PRA's employee survey that we do annually provides an opportunity for staff to provide feedback on all aspects of PRA culture. And this is seriously considered by the leadership team as we consider policy and benefit changes several times during the year. I know PRAs put more emphasis in recent years on being really clear about work-life balance and encouraging staff to be their own advocates in that regard. 
folks are encouraged to take advantage of policies that help with that balance, that work-life balance, like flex time, generous PLB or paid leave bank, leave time, traveling during work hours to minimize long days, days of reflection, wellness reimbursements, um, the additional opportunities for training and seminars and attendance at professional meetings are also a plus. And we also have the opportunities for community service and luncheons and other PRA social activities that I feel really foster connections with coworkers. Those are regularly scheduled throughout the year, and we really encourage people to participate. Yes. Everything Pam just pointed out helps to create a culture that supports continuous enrichment, socialization with coworkers, and a support for one another when we need it. All it takes is one read through the PRA handbook to realize what a special place PRA is to work. The employee benefits package as a whole promotes occupational wellness, and PRA leadership are always thinking about ways to support the many aspects of occupational wellness. Thanks for the perfect segue, Chan. It's so important for organizational leaders to be consistently thinking of ways to support staff occupational wellness. Let's talk about what each of us do to foster the occupational wellness of those who work in our program areas. Pam, as president of PRA, this is a big question for you. Ideally, your efforts to support occupational wellness for staff trickle down and influence the strategies employed by the program area directors and others in leadership positions and impact all of PRA employees. As the president of PRA, I do try to impact all, boy, it's 65 employees at this point at PRA. I meet with all new staff and encourage them to get the most out of their PRA employment so they can not only do the really meaningful work here, but advance their own career goals. I encourage them to take advantage of all the benefits and enrichment activities that PRA has to offer, some of which I already mentioned. And what's really important that they consider those part of their work activities and not extra that they can't fit in. Uh, I also try to reinforce this approach at staff meetings and in regular performance reviews, as well as my own monitoring of the day of reflection and professional development requests that they submit at all levels of the organization. And I think that's really important. Thanks, Pam. I truly believe your efforts are appreciated and have served to support the overall culture of PRA. Kristen, your team works with a very vulnerable population, individuals at risk for or experiencing homelessness through your work with SAMHSA's SOAR TA Center and other efforts. What do you do to ensure that this great work maintains meaning and purpose for your team? I hold weekly one-on-one calls with all of my staff. I offer a safe space to share new ideas and encourage staff to explore and create opportunities. This process and open dialogue allows staff to stretch themselves. I also try hard to focus their assignments on the things that they do well and enjoy doing. We all came to this work from a different place, but we all share a passion for ending homelessness. And so this common passion binds us. And so we take time to share stories from our week during our weekly team meetings. And this dedicated time together gives us an opportunity to process the frustrations and disappointments and also gives us time to smile and cheer for the wins. Uh, One life transformed is cause for celebration and each setback is a reason to keep working harder. Your weekly calls are a really great idea, Kristen, and a good way to focus on mentoring. What I do in my division is I survey my staff annually about personal and career goals, and then I mentor them on those goals. I also work to empower my team to suggest ways and take steps to carry out their work more effectively. 
I'm sure to ask them for and listen to their feedback as well. And for me, it's important to stay tuned in to the indicators of stress and talk about those when I recognize them. These strategies are all very similar to my approach. First and foremost, I try to pay attention to those I supervise. I take notice of individual and group dynamics. If I sense that someone is frustrated, overwhelmed, sick, or tired, I approach them to ask what I can do to help. Help may come in the form of prioritizing their task list, delegating work to other staff, or simply providing an opportunity to talk through what's causing them stress. Above all, I encourage individuals to seek that guidance before they get to the breaking point. I try to support work-life balance and encourage staff with examples of different ways that they can more concretely create that balance. Um, For example, taking advantage of things like strategic renewal and flex time or simply turning off their emails after hours. I encourage those I supervise to take advantage of all that PRA has to offer in terms of benefits, professional development, and social activities. In addition, um, during performance reviews, I specifically ask about job-related and career-related goals, similar to what Lisa does, and what I can do as a supervisor to support and promote those goals. I feel that the role of supervisor or organizational leader is not only to help staff succeed at their job, but also to make sure that they feel appreciated for the hard work that leads to their success. Gaining personal satisfaction for a job well done is hard to achieve if no one ever tells you that you've done a good job. A quick, sincere compliment can go a long way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. For me, it's about being as flexible as possible with time, both leave time and with flex time, and working with staff to minimize the impact of the workload or an unruly travel schedule. We all work really hard at times, and the workload can sometimes seem insurmountable. But I try to utilize regularly scheduled supervision time with staff to review what's on their plates and help them strategize about workload management and prioritization. I also try to assist with finding alternative supports if their workload exceeds reasonable expectations. I also try to be really understanding and accommodating of unexpected events in people's lives. Things certainly come up for all of us, and being flexible and accommodating of somebody's needs with respect to their personal lives is tremendously important, and I really believe that it increases productivity. I also try to look for opportunities for staff to see the outcome of their work. This is particularly important for staff who may not go out on the road very much, as they don't always have the same sorts of opportunities to see their work come to fruition as others may. You're so right, Chan. Seeing the fruits of your labor is very important to feeling accomplished and fulfilled. I think that this goes hand in hand, again, with receiving feedback on your performance or accomplishments. As program area directors, we receive feedback from those we supervise during our performance reviews. Feedback is submitted to HR and then delivered to us anonymously during our reviews. This is extremely helpful in gaining perspective on my performance and in setting goals for the coming year. I also encourage those I supervise to provide in-the-moment feedback during our meetings to ensure that I've heard their concerns and responded appropriately. Lisa, what feedback do you receive from those you supervise to let you know if your efforts are successful or not? That communication from staff is, is so important um, in terms of managing a team and also, for I believe, for your own occupational wellness. For me, staff in my area have voiced a considerable amount of appreciation um, just simply for checking in with them on their goals and for allowing them to incorporate those into their PRA work experience. They've also expressed that they feel comfortable approaching me and that they feel supported by me. I agree about that importance of this communication. For me, during reviews and other check-in meetings, staff share how things are going and whether they feel right with their roles and responsibilities. Sometimes it only takes a minor change to make a major difference in someone's occupational wellness. 
Chan, you have one of the largest program areas at PRA as far as the number of staff you supervise and guide. Across SAMHSA's Gaines Center for Behavioral Health and Criminal Justice, the BJA Valor Initiative, and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur's Foundation Safety and Justice Challenge, you currently oversee the work of 15 people. How does your team communicate about whether your efforts to promote occupational wellness are successful or not? Well, during supervision is when we talk most directly about workload and work-life balance. I have to admit, I don't always do a perfect job of ensuring this for everyone at all times. But working with each staff person as an individual and really talking about what's going on with the person helps me help them to better balance all the demands that they face. That's a really good point. I get some of this directly from staff as I'm quite open to direct communication from anyone about anything. Another important part of the feedback loop is direct feedback, which is anonymous, from everyone through the annual survey we do each November that Terry mentioned earlier on their work and their work environment, as well as regular meetings with managers that address all aspects of the work. Thanks, Pam. This is a great discussion, and I hope leaders and other organizations can borrow a few tips from the leadership team at PRA. To wrap up today's podcast, do you have any specific recommendations for folks in leadership roles for supporting the occupational wellness for themselves and those they supervise? Pam, why don't we start with you? It's important to listen. Encourage those around you to have balance between their work and their personal lives. And try to practice what you preach and do what you can to be responsive to what others suggest will make the work environment happier and healthier. Well, I think Pam's exactly right with his suggestion to practice what you preach. I'm frequently guilty of having a very poor work-life balance, and I recognize when this imbalance is particularly acute. But I try to model this concept as much as possible and certainly support it among staff. For me, I think leadership should be about modeling the type of balance we're encouraging staff to achieve and acknowledging the times when we aren't doing such a good job. I think encouraging open dialogue on the topic with support and creative problem solving is really helpful in working toward the ideal. And I think as supervisors and leaders of PRA, we should be supportive and encouraging of outside-of-the-box thinking, the kind of thinking that allows staff to bring their own ideas, their own experiences, their own strengths into the equation, and the type of thinking that may present novel solutions or different approaches to work that may not have come to fruition otherwise. So very important. Lisa, what would you suggest to other people in leadership roles? So I have a few specific recommendations that sort of step away from work-life balance a bit. One, I really believe that it's important to take time and give the backstory. I think this is important in terms of fully understanding um, the task at hand or just the justification for doing something a certain way. Also, it gives staff a better understanding of the big picture and really shows that you value them beyond the simpler task that they're performing. I think that um, you have to understand that mistakes will be made and encourage staff to own them, learn from them, and then move on. And I also think that you really need to listen and empower. Staff can have a lot of insight on how to improve the process. Listen to those ideas and empower them to take on the task of implementing change. And the last suggestion I guess I have is to mentor and don't micromanage. It can be a big balancing act, but within reason, you have to let staff go about their tasks without hovering too much. After careful consideration, give some autonomy when appropriate and when safe. I absolutely agree. I think it's important to look beyond the grind or difficult parts of the job and see the bigger picture and impact of the work. Looking at how we are touching other lives makes a huge difference, whether that is the lives of the people impacted by the programs we work on or the staff who are part of our team. 
For other leaders who are supervising staff, it's really important to have a conversation and let staff speak their truth about how things are going. These are all excellent recommendations. I think for all organizations, occupational wellness should be a priority. And I agree with Pam's emphasis on work-life balance in today's conversation. The goal should always be to be well-staffed with well-staff. Work-life balance is a must for each of us individually, but also something that we as leaders need to figure out how to provide support to our staff to achieve as well. Organizational leaders need to set the stage for occupational wellness, or in simpler terms, job satisfaction. Policies such as flex time or work at home should be considered. Opportunities for staff to provide feedback on both the organizational and individual levels should exist, and leadership should be responsive to the feedback received. Consider promoting non-work activities such as community involvement or volunteering that might support the mission of the organization or values of the company at the same time as providing something meaningful beyond everyone's day-to-day work. And one personal thing that I do that helps when I'm feeling less than well at work, I print out positive feedback that I've received from those that I work with, including my supervisors, my coworkers, customers, if you will, consultants, etc. And I tape those positive sentiments around my computer screen to remind me that I enjoy what I do and that people think I'm good at it. For example, my gosh, you are brilliant. That makes perfect sense. Or someone once said, remind me to tell you every day how much I appreciate working with you. Moving forward, I hope to adopt some of these recommendations shared by my fellow leadership members too. This wraps up today's chat on occupational wellness. Thanks to Pam, Lisa, Kristen, and Chan for joining me in this discussion. Thanks, Terry. Thanks. This was really great. Thank you for providing this opportunity to reflect as a supervisor and employee. Thanks so much for having me on to talk about occupational wellness in the podcast. It's been a really good experience. To learn more about PRA's work on well-being and wellness, contact us at wellbeing at PRAINC.com.